You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Women of Tomorrow podcast. I'm Laura Bell Bundy. Uh, the women of thank yeah. you. This is our special episode at BroadwayCon live. And for those of you who don't know much about Women of Tomorrow, we are a foundation um, that works to change the social consciousness around women's value through art, education, and community. Uh, the art part is uh, concerts and album. Our album, Women of Tomorrow. The education part is this podcast, as well as our app and community, um, where we have uh, 20 classes or more a month for women in various areas of personal growth, uh, business, parenthood, fitness, you name it, areas for women to strengthen weak areas in their life. Because we believe that when a woman feels good, mind, body, and spirit, that is the greatest form of resistance. So my personal belief is that we have a great opportunity as artists to make change and impact in the world through entertainment. It is much easier to hear a hard truth when it is entertaining, it is funny, it sounds good, you can dance to it, uh, than it is when someone is yelling at you. <laughs> so that's what we work at, work on doing here uh, at the Women of Tomorrow podcast. And today I'm so thrilled and honored that my co-star, in the cottage. Lily Cooper has agreed to be my guest today. And you may know Lily from the original cast of Spring Awakening, her Tony-nominated performance in Tootsie, mm -hmm. SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, her riveting and hilarious performance in POTUS, and the cottage where we are opening tomorrow night. Uh, uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> down the street at the Hayes Theater. Yeah. So, Lily. Hi. Thanks hi. for having me. Thanks for being here. Of course. Uh, especially on a Sunday when you really didn't have to be at the theater until oh, 2.30. That's totally. And um, so you've played a diverse number of roles. Yeah. And I'm curious um, how your belief system or your the feminist inside you mm -hmm. uh, chooses those roles and has that made an impact on which roles you take or don't take or 
Yeah. Yeah. I am really proud of the of the breadth of roles that I've played. I've played a squirrel. I've played a witch. I've played a pregnant woman. I've played a nursing woman. You know, it's so it really does run the gamut. And, you know, first and foremost, at this place in my career, a huge um, reason for the jobs that I take are the fact that I booked them. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, I wish... I had jobs flying at me left and right that I had to choose between. But the fact is we're all working our butts off and auditioning constantly and, and hoping that the next thing comes. And I feel so lucky that the uh, array of roles that I've been able to play have all been really strong women. But I also think that I always bring Lily to the roles that I play, no matter who they are. And I think that also adds that element of strength because I consider myself to be a very strong woman. And so it's almost impossible for me to play anything else on stage um, because it is me. So it, it that absolutely is something that's taken into account. I want to, I want to represent on stage. I want to represent for people of color I want to represent for people who need and want to find their independence and strength in their life. And I feel like that is what theater is for is, is so that people can see themselves on stage. And that is one of the driving forces that, um, keeps me going and keeps me so passionate about this field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since we are a podcast that goes into the issues that we're facing today. Mm -hmm. Are there important issues for women that you care about the most? I mean, a multitude of them. I, I think on the top of my list is, is women's autonomy and reproductive rights, of course. I mean, I, I am very lucky in that I planned a pregnancy, I had a healthy full-term pregnancy, and gave birth to a healthy child. And that is not a given. Mm -hmm. And I fully understand that that's not a given. And there are so many different ways that that process and experience can go. And every single way that that process and experience can go should be honored. And uh, that is my wish for the human population to understand that our bodily autonomy is vital to the, you know, success of the human race. Totally. Yeah. I completely, yes, somebody was starting to clap, but yes, absolutely. And that, I mean, we, you know, a lot of people look at reproductive rights as a spiritual issue and that I do respect. Uh, but there is also major health concerns um, in the process of pregnancy and delivery. Um, and we haven't figured that out as a country. We don't have, uh, we don't have insurance for everybody. We, not everybody has health care. Not everybody has the care that they need during pregnancy. Um, we have to get those things right before we ever would even think to demand that someone carry out a pregnancy as well. And there's just so much, so many complications. Like you said, we deserve to be in charge of our own health care as individuals. Um, and it's an interesting thing because I know that another issue that you care about is maternity leave, paid yeah. maternity leave mm -hmm. and time off. Yeah. And we, um, while we are uh, a thriving rich nation, we are the lowest yeah. 
on the totem pole for paid parental leave. It's really, it's upsetting and honestly terrifying. My husband is from Ireland and, and um, I visited there after I had my baby and the amount of, the amount of people that were like, oh, so how much time did you get off? Did, how has your maternity leave been? And I'm like, um, non-existent? Like, wh- what? It's just, it's a given in other countries. It's expected. It's a standard. And it should absolutely be that here for, for both parents, for mothers mm-hmm. and fathers, for for both parenting or whoever is parenting the child. It should absolutely be a given. I mean, I can say firsthand, as you know, raising an infant is next to impossible, and it's shocking that people still exist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it truly doesn't make sense. I'm like, wait, everybody was a baby? That's crazy. <laughs> they are all on a death mission. <laughs> like, truly, I don't understand. Like, toddlers are just constantly trying to kill themselves. Yeah, it is. It, I, how do we keep them alive? It's really crazy. And how do we not have heart attacks in the process? I know. Like, it's insane. I mean, so like doing that, A, not working, not getting a paycheck, it, it's it's practically impossible. No, and, no wonder we have anxiety as a society. Right. Like, right? Of course. Our anxiety and stress is just multiplied by this little creature that we have to keep alive. And, you know, uh, overwhelmingly love and are truly obsessed with and sacrifice everything in order to help them thrive, including our own health and sanity. Mm-hmm. So not only maternal leave and uh, maternal pay, but I also think like mental health is a really important thing. Postpartum depression is so prevalent, spe- specifically in this country. Um, maternal health is uh, at risk. Uh, women of color, parenting people of color are at way higher risk of death, of disease after birthing and during uh, pregnancy. And that is not being tackled. It's not being talked about. It's not being, you know, addressed. And it's terrifying. I mean, I know that walking into a hospital, I, as a black woman, at, I'm at higher risk of dying. And just knowing that is a truly scary thing. And I'm truly, utterly privileged. I have health insurance. I am a healthy, you know, birthing age person. And so I had confidence that I would walk out of that hospital, but not everybody does. And the fact that people have to experience that fear is, it's tr- I think it's just truly unacceptable. It's inhumane. It is inhumane. Um, our bodies aren't the same. No. After you have a kid. I mean, they are not. So making someone go like, hey, you got to do this. Your body's never going to be the same. You're going to have a bunch of health issues. You Mm -hmm. might have depression too. You may not be able to afford it. You're going to go broke. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? Um, What what I find is fascinating um, is, you know, there's only eight states in the United States that have paid um, maternity leave. Some have paternity as well. And those eight states, none of those states um, are planning to ban abortion or abortion rights. The ones that are, um, none of those have any infrastructure for paid maternity or paternity leave, which I think is sort of ironic when we're talking about family values. So you're talking about family values, but you actually don't believe in them because 
you don't have any infrastructure in your states to support the family. To support the parents, to support the children. To support the children. And here's the thing that is so interesting that I've done in some of the research and you can hear on some of our other podcasts. Um, 80% of single parents are women. Mm. Wow. And over 20% of those single parents are living below the poverty line. And the average single mother makes $58,000 a year, but spends over 10,000 in childcare. The average single father makes $83,000 a year. And the majority of single fathers are living with their parents. Wow. And the majority of single mothers are I'm not alone. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, when we look at these statistics, so when you know, yes, a single mother is living below the poverty line, what does that mean for her children? Her children are. Mm -hmm. Do we care about <laughs> starving children? Starving children. <laughs> like, you know, uh, so th there, all these issues are connected. They're connected. Uh, the welfare of our society. Yeah. And really, it is in the home unit. The home unit, we, we have to support the home unit. We have to support the mother. The mother is raising the child that be, goes on to be a voting citizen. You know, these are the things that we, we have to focus on. But um, yeah, it might be a controversial belief, but it is my belief that if we force people to birth children, that we should support those people after those children are born. I completely agree with that. And we should not demand it uh, if we are also not going to take any responsibility for Absolutely. it. And, um, you know, put your money where your mouth are, is, mm -hmm. you know, if you really believe these things do what you need to do, set us up in society to make, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't want a handmaid's tale society. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, so then what this turns into, what these regulations and these laws and these bans turn into is really regulation over birthing people's bodies. It's, it's ownership, it's power over bodies, over these powerless bodies yes. and no thought, no forethought of what the future livelihood is of the children and the parents. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's devastating. And another staggering and sort of depressing statistic is this. One in five women in this country are sexually assaulted. Oof. That is... Meaning multiple people in this room have been sexually assaulted. And that is just the cases that are reported. Mm -hmm. I don't really know a woman who hasn't come up against some sort of... Uh, sexual assault or harassment. I don't know a single one, mm -hmm. including myself. <laughs> and, uh, but when you think about that paired with not having bodily autonomy, you are essentially, if a woman is raped, um, that rapist gets to pick the mom of their child in certain states. <laughs> I mean. Staggering. That's crazy. So we need, anyway. <laughs> um, now that I've depressed everyone, I'm an gonna, upbeat chipper podcast gonna we're take on today. A, um, I'm going to take a turn, but not a big turn. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, this is something that, you know, I have I have watched Lily in this two-month process, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not only nailing it in rehearsal and on stage, but also balancing being a mom in this process and doing it so gracefully and beautifully and and talking in we've had some talks about you know the continuation of family planning and i'm so curious especially because in this career this broadway career we have um i know for for me um making the decision to have a child and when to have a child was a very very deliberate one yeah and um very tricky. In fact, uh, I went through IVF last fall to have another child. It didn't work out. Um, but I was also already attached to the cottage. So Mm. I felt like I've got to have this baby now before we get a theater. And it, uh, it actually turned out, uh, the, the week after I found out that the pregnancy didn't take, uh, they got a theater and uh, earlier than expected earlier and- way early like four months earlier yeah. than expected and i would have been six months pregnant right um and so you know that i kind of look at the universe and i go oh well there is a plan here i right. guess um but it is so hard and tricky to figure out because there is so much of our like physical body required to be on stage they mm-hmm. can't film around it and i'm so curious mm-hmm. what the thought process was for you in terms of starting a family, when to start a family, if you believe you could, because I know this is for many young actors, like a burning question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, taking my career into account and where I was in my career was was vital for me. Um, you know, our instruments are our bodies and our bodies take a huge toll when, uh, you know, growing a human inside of them. So, uh, I was looking at the silver lining of the pandemic, which was we were out of work. And for me, that was a silver lining because it meant I could get pregnant. And I knew that I wasn't, um, I didn't have anything lined up that I would be worried about not booking or not being able to do. Uh, so we planned it really around that. And, and, and in that way, I was very lucky that I had this period of time that I knew I would be able to get pregnant and, um, you know, look pregnant for the next nine months and not worry about not working. And then that being said, of course, after I gave birth, I, in my mind, was like, okay, I'm going to take time off. It's going to be great. I'm going to be home with my baby. And then, of course, a phone call comes, right? It's like, would you like to sing at Carnegie Hall? Would you like to do this off-Broadway show? Would you like to do this out-of-town show? Again, 
utterly privileged, you know, very, very honored and blessed and lucky to have these opportunities. But I jumped at them because I wasn't working for the prior 10 months and I wanted to get back into the business because there's the fear of, am I going to be forgotten if I stay at home with my child? Which is awful because you want to do both. My dream in life has always been to be a mother and to have a career. And I feel so lucky that I can say that I'm doing both of them and fairly successfully. Yeah, with a few panic attacks and breakdowns in between. (laughs) But, you know, I am doing both. Uh, And a broken pelvic floor. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And no abs. (laughs) Um, and so I, you know, jumped right back into work and it was really, really challenging. I was nursing, I was pumping, I was navigating a relationship with my husband post child. Uh, you know, I was 20 pounds heavier than I'd ever been. I was constantly in pain. You know, these are things I was sick. I, you know, these are things that I had never navigated prior to having a child. And so they, added to those on top of working, which in itself is very challenging, was a total, just, you know, terrifying, scary journey. Um, I luckily had a huge support base, support system. My mother isn't, is, lives in New York and watches my son all the time. And my husband is a huge supporter of me. And um, I feel very lucky that I have that. But, you know, on top of that, it's just been, it's a constant struggle. Every day it is. But I think remembering gratitude is something that has kept me um, alive. It's kept me joyous, um, being grateful for the fact that I was able to birth a healthy child and I'm still able to work. And I feel really lucky and grateful. So I think that's what kind of gets me through. And his cute little face, I gotta say. He's, I made a good one. He is <laughs> adorable. <laughs> and quite the personality, too. Oh, he's yeah, just Apple doesn't his little apart. spirit. Oh, my gosh. So, I just into the minutiae. How does having, how old is Bodhi? He is 23. Two months. He's turning two in September. That yes, woo yes. (laughs) Also, this is this is they're on the death march everywhere they go. Oh yeah, climbing stairs, jumping off of things. It's wild. Yes, and then they like they're just starting to be able to communicate, but there's also a lot of screaming because they can't. And there's a lot of like no by myself by myself. You know, just wanting to do things alone. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think that, that continues. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, Mommy, I wipe my butt. <laughs> I uh, wish Bodie wiped his butt. No, you don't. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> Let me check your underwear. No. Um, so uh, my question is, like, getting down to the minutiae of eight shows a week. First mm-hmm. of all, I want to know how it works in, when you are doing the 10 to 6 rehearsals. Yes. And then I want to know kind of what that schedule is with baby, with hubby, with mom 
as the HOs week happens. Right, right, right. So there's two different kind of experiences you have when you're doing a show. You have the 10 to 6 rehearsal day, and then you have once you're, well, then you have tech rehearsal, which is a shit show. Excuse my language. But, you know, you're in, you're there, you might as well be sleeping at the theater and never seeing your family. So that's like a three, four weeks of absolute hell. And then once you open a show, you're in your eight show week schedule where you're mostly doing shows at night and you have the whole day, which is lovely. So rehearsal is the perk. I always try to think, again, it's remembering gratitude, right? I always try to think of the best moment of the day. In rehearsal, I have rehearsal 10 to 6. I don't see my baby at all throughout the day, but I get to put him to bed. And it's so wonderful. And that is my goal. I run home at six o'clock to put my baby to bed. And it's great. And then, of course, you're like, oh, I want to stay up and I want to watch TV and I want to have a glass of wine and I want to talk to my husband. And it's like midnight and you're like, oh, great. I have to wake up in five hours. So that is tough Mm because the baby's waking up at five or six or whatever time he wants to wake up because it's his world we're living in. And then we get into a performance schedule, which is, you know, for the most part, you see your family all day uh, for me. And it's wonderful. But you miss that bedtime. And it's the one day off a week you have is like you just cherish that bedtime and putting him to bed. Um, So the logistics are 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 kind of crazy because you're switching it up almost every day. My husband is a personal trainer. His hours are crazy. He wakes up at 4.30 in the morning. So we're kind of like tag teaming parenting. Like I'll literally bring my son onto the train and I'll meet my husband on the platform. I'll be like, okay, you take him and I'll meet you at six up on 125th street and we'll switch off and then I'll go to work. Like it's crazy. So (laughs) we're an actual, like what's that like race car team where like they come and they like take the, the NASCAR wheels races, off. Like, yeah. that's what we feel like as parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the tag team. Um, pit, crew. pit crew. Pit crew. We're a pit crew for <laughs> our child. <laughs> um, so it's it's a lot of, like, planning. And, you know, my husband's not a big planner. So it's a lot of, like, scheduling and planning and making sure everything's okay. And then things go wrong, of course. So then you got to take the baby to rehearsal, which is great because then the baby gets to meet get everybody to and he gets to walk on a Broadway <laughs> stage and he gets to be backstage at, in, in our dressing rooms. I mean, I remember in POTUS last summer, when my son was under a year old, I was nursing him and I would either have to nurse him or pump every few hours. And so ideally I wanted to be able to see him and nurse him. So I had my husband bring my baby to the theater and this was during, this was in the depths of COVID rules backstage. So we hardly could get any visitors. So my husband had to test before he could even walk into the theater and he would bring my baby, but he couldn't stay. So he would stand outside as I was nursing my child at half hour call before the show as I'm putting my makeup on. It's wild, right? And in between shows, I would run home to go nurse him and then run back. It's not like, you know, before before a kid, I remember, I said this to my brother the, the other day, I was like, remember matinees when you thought you couldn't get anything done before a matinee? <laughs> you were like, when I was like 25 and I was like, oh God, a matinee, two o'clock, it's just so early. I can't do anything. Meanwhile, I'm like driving out to Jersey to a birthday party and <laughs> taking him to swim class and like everything before a matinee now. It's true. I have a whole life. I have a day. Before 1 p.m. Before 1 p.m. <laughs> like a full day. So that's cool and positive, I think, also. Um, 
But yeah, it's when I really think about it, it's one of those things where your adrenaline and your love and your, you know, passion just like gets you through it. But you kind of like take a pause and you look back and you're like, wow, that was insane. I did eight shows a week while nursing an infant. Like what? I mean. And not getting much sleep. And not, no, not getting any sleep. I mean, that was in the period of, sleep training and, oh. you know, him waking up every three hours and being up at four o'clock in the morning and just having to be up with him and then going to work and having to be at a 10, you know, you have to be awake and alive to do the show. It's not like we're sitting at an office job where you get to sit and just be on your computer all day. It's like physical running around. Um, so yeah, it's hardcore. It's really intense. And I found the challenging, you know, when you've got the mental load, you're managing uh-huh. all, you're managing the schedule of everything. Right. This needs to happen before this happens, and then mm-hmm. that needs to happen before this happens, and then they need to be there. Da, 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 da. When you're doing that, and you're also trying to memorize lines, <laughs> and you're tired, and the there's just not enough space. So yeah. it's interesting. I that is an interesting challenge. I also notice another challenge is like f- from having not. This is a, my son is four. This is the first time that I've been uh, on Broadway since having him that I'm so used to putting him to bed mm-hmm. at eight and then being like, oh, my God. <sighs> lying down, turning the TV on and yeah. binge watching something with right. my husband. Well, those days are over mm-hmm. because I have to have the most energy I have all day at 8 p.m. Right. Even, no matter yeah. if my kid woke me up at 630 at, in the exactly. morning, jumping on the bed, no matter what. you know. We do become expert multitaskers. Oh, yeah. Like we do. I mean, didn't you, when we were learning lines for the show, which was very challenging, it's a very fast paced show, lots of words where, you know, we have accents. It's a very kind of like unique way of learning, um, memorizing. So I think a lot of us recorded our lines and listened to them. And so like Laura Bell would be listening to them in the car ride to work (laughs) and to home. I would be listening to them while making my son breakfast, you know, like just multitasking. It's constantly doing three or four things at once. Yes. And that's how our brains kind of work. And it's almost like I'm unable to do anything less now. Like I'm almost constantly thinking of five things at once. I'm like, while I'm doing this podcast, thinking about like, okay, wait, am I going to see my son before the matinee or am I going to pick him up at 5.30 after? Are we going to the playground? What is he going to eat for dinner? You know what I mean? It's yes. like all of these things. Yes. And you're, that's just how our brains have been rewired kind yes. of. My son is currently en route with my stepsister who's going to meet my mom to for my mom to take him to Aladdin today, which is his very first Broadway oh, show. Oh, that's so exciting! Um, and I'm kind of sad I'm not going to be the one yeah. to take him, but my mom was like, well, I'm going to be dead one day. Oh. <laughs> let like, me have this. All right, Lorna, Bell Bundy, <laughs> we will let you. So um, I I really think you, you're doing such a good job, thank Lily. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, sometimes at night when I'm like in bed, I'm like, I'm not doing this well. I'm failing. Like, that's what it feels like. So it it is really nice to hear. And it's and it's nice to, like, remind yourself, like, no matter what, no matter these struggles that you go through, like, I'm still succeeding. And you have to kind of you have to give yourself that credit and pat yourself on the back every now and then to, to, you know, get you through. Yeah. But you're doing it beautifully. And you're so great. 
in our play. Thanks. So funny. <laughs> She's so funny. So She's the you. B. Arthur of 1923. Yeah. <laughs> B. Arthur may have been the B. Arthur of 1923. Yeah, Who knows? Exactly. Um, but uh, she's so funny. And, you know, I see your face light up when you talk about Bodhi. I know just the source of joy your family brings to you. And I'm so happy for you that you, you. you're doing it all. Doing it all. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We have 10 minutes left. If anybody wants to ask a question um, about this topic or of Lily or of me or of women of tomorrow, please feel feel free. Yes. I know in the very beginning you were talking about the things that this country does well and not so well for mothers and providing the things that they need. I'm curious how then, how that applies in the Broadway industry, the things that Broadway does well to help mothers and the things that maybe we need to improve on. Great question. Great question. So if the mics didn't pick that up because it's a podcast, yes, we should re- reiterate that question of, of what, what Broadway does well and maybe could improve on for uh, parents in the industry. Um, I think one thing that is really vital and needed is available childcare for auditions, during rehearsals. I mean, you know, I don't know what the solution is, but sometimes I see people struggle so badly trying to find someone to watch their kid when they go to an audition and sometimes have to bring them. I remember, my dad's an actor, I remember sitting in hallways of audition studios while he went into audition, you know? And so that's like, if, if there could be some sort of like... Like if equity could have a childcare situation. situation here, yeah, just like a 10 to 6 in thing. In Midtown. Like, yeah, during rehearsals time, during audition time, for that. right? Yeah, All, like our dues should go toward yes. that. Our equity dues should go towards that. You know, I feel like that's something very valid. Um, another thing that I have learned They can have like a mother, their own theater camp. The yeah, kids, exactly. They would just, they they just, would li- they just watch it. musicals all day. <laughs> It's it's does it doesn't count as screen time when it's a musical. Well, it would also be it would also be a great job for actors who needed temporary work 100%. that they could come in and they could to do like music classes and dance classes. It could know, be like this, this is a ecosystem of like helping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Little actors, I love it. 
That's a good plan. Let's work on it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, another thing that I'm, I have learned as a parent in the industry is to make your presence known and to not shy away from the fact that I'm a mom and I'm working and I'm nursing and y'all need to know that. I'm about to put a pump in my shirt in front of you all and you're going to have to deal with it because I'm pumping right now and... That's that. And letting everyone know, I need to pump from this time to this time. I am having childcare issues. I'm going to be a half hour late to rehearsal. Whatever it is, it's it's just making it known to everybody. And the fact and it, and it's and not apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. Saying this is my life. You have hired me. It's part of my identity and therefore you have hired a mother with a child and that is something that you as the producer director has to support unequivocally it's just a fact and I won't accept anything less and and that's what it is it's it's knowing what you're worth and the fact is if you hire me you know you're hiring somebody with a huge added responsibility and hopefully I'm worth it you are (laughs) hey you know I will say I noticed in our contracts Mm -hmm. that there was paid parental leave yes and I I I thought well that's that's new. I don't know. Well, maybe I didn't notice it before because I never had to, yeah, right? No. But I I noticed it here and I was like, wow, that's, yeah. that's, and that's the particular contract that we're on. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, historically, um, there is this sort of, uh, you know, with the, the, the way that we function is like, don't call out, try, you mm-hmm. know, try to do as many shows as possible. The show must go on, all this energy of um, just, that stay the course. There's also, you know, points where we're only allowed a certain number of sick sick days before we start getting docked Mm -hmm. for doing shows. And I I think when you're a parent, that should be adjusted because it's not just for you. It's your child that gets sick. It's beyond and beyond and beyond. So in terms of now New York State, has uh, FMLA and mm-hmm. stuff like that that we can rely upon. But um, I do think that maybe we should kind of investigate yeah. that a little bit for people who have families um, in, a, in, a, in our Broadway contracts. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but one thing that I do feel like um, I've, I've experienced with the productions that I've been a part of is um, an open dialogue and that is something that I think the Broadway community is wonderful at, is listening. Yes. And if I'm saying I need a nursing room or I need to be able to bring my baby, where can my husband or babysitter sit and play in a rehearsal studio while I'm here? You know what I mean? And the producers listening to that has been really, really wonderful and positive for me. Yeah, I would say with, with our particular production mm-hmm. and our stage management yeah. have been wonderful about... Um, understanding our needs as mothers and our uh and and having our children come around Mm -hmm. every once in a while and we're fortunate that we have some of the the covid measures removed where we can Mm -hmm. now Um, we have our little babies in the green room upstairs Uh, huck got to watch 30 minutes of our play the other day and he loved it he loved it he followed along mommy what's behind the door (laughs) <laughs> Where did you go when you changed your clothes? Like he doesn't know what backstage is, yeah. you know. Um, I think we're are we we're gonna be wrapping it. Three minutes. Does anybody else have a question? Yes. 
Do you all feel like you needed to get to a certain point in your career before you could even consider having a, a kid in a situation? Like, because of how demanding it is, especially in the beginning. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the question is, did you think that you had to get to a certain point in your career before even considering having kids? Yes. And the answer is yes for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, again, the, the big question I was worried of was, will I be forgotten? Will I have to start from scratch, basically? And I didn't want that. And I think that is an unfortunate scenario, but I think that is kind of how it has worked for me. Yes. I think that that is, uh, that's a great question. And I'm going to second what Lily said is that I spent so much of my life being career focused mm -hmm. that it was all about getting to this goal or this goal or this goal. And I definitely had that, that feeling and that fear of, can I afford to take this break to have this child? Do I need to be on a TV show before this happens or have my leading role on Broadway before this happens or feel financially secure before this happens? And I think we're all, everybody's life is different. Sometimes babies bring huge blessings to someone's career. And what I know for certain is that as an actor, the emotional depth that I have now as a result of having a child far exceeds what it was before. Ooh. And I'm a far so better actress true. because I now understand the human condition mm. in a way that I never, never did before. before. And so it agree. impacts the way that I understand yeah. all the characters I play, the stories that we tell. And I don't think, and my advice is, don't put your life on hold because the universe conspires what the heart desires. Go do what you believe and you are inspired to do, whether that is to have a career and only have a career or be single or have a child or have a marriage or or have a company on the side while you do that, whatever. Whatever it is, it will work out. It might be tough, but it it will work it'll work itself out. I, I have a song on our Women of Tomorrow album called American Girl. And it's a little bit about me, but also the condition of women right now, which is, you know, we're trying to do it all. So we've got to get ahead. And it, it says, um, too young for the, uh, too young for the bar. So I went to the bank, got a loan for college where all I did was drank. <laughs> Working so hard to repay Sally Mae, gonna have to freeze my eggs if I want kids someday. Oh, wow. And the idea is that here we are as women with a ticking clock, mm -hmm. and we feel that. That puts pressure on a lot of things. Our careers, our relationships, all the things. And it's a real dilemma. Um, and it's a dilemma that I faced. I did IVF to have a kid. By the time I was thought I was ready to do it, where it seemed like, oh, the timing feels right, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So, and then I thought the timing was right last year, didn't work. So, uh, but I believe that there, there's a plan in a way. Mm -hmm. and, I and I feel a lot of gratitude for how it has worked out. And, um, and anyway, so yes, that, that has been but a... the message is, hire moms because we're really good actors. <laughs> <laughs> and
And we're great multitaskers. Yeah, great multitaskers. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for being here today. Thank you, Lily. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. I love you. I love you too. You're wonderful. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Thanks for Thanks, the, everybody. Thanks. Check out the Women of Tomorrow podcast and our Instagram and uh, power to the people. To watch the queen ascend Baby, how you feeling Breaking that glass ceiling Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.